Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listed on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on TeePublic, so go there to check it out. And make sure to follow us on social media. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us and the show, or book a reading with me, Dana, and check out charts and transcripts for select episodes. So, Dana, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas's divorce. And this topic was requested by Liza and Alexa. And if you want to have a topic covered, email or DM us and we might cover it. Yes, we love to hear from you guys. And this is the season six finale. And we had to go with the Venus retrograde theme that just keeps on giving. (laughs) And so today we're discussing Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's divorce after four years of marriage and two children together. And though Joe and Sophie have largely kept their relationship out of the spotlight for the most part, their relationship is now the center of intense speculation and rumors. So let's learn about the couple and their astrology. So quickly, we'll just go through each one as if you didn't know who they are, but it's good to see like their big threes on their own. So let's start with Joe Jonas. So he's an American singer and actor. He rose to fame as a member of the pop rock band, the Jonas Brothers, alongside Nick, who I love, and Kevin, (laughs) who's like just there. And they were like these Disney darlings that started off wearing purity rings. I forgot about that. Yeah, they were in Camp Rock. And Joe previously dated Demi Lovato and Taylor Swift and inspired a lot of Taylor's songs. So what's his big three? Joe was born on August 15th, 1989 at 9.58 a.m. in Casa Grande, Arizona. And he has a Leo sun and Aquarius moon and a Libra rising. So he also has Mercury in domicile and exaltation in Virgo, Venus in fall in Virgo, Mars in Virgo, Jupiter in Cancer. Yeah. Uh, Jupiter exalted in Cancer and Saturn in domicile in Capricorn. And so he's a Leo son in the 11th house. The 11th house is the house of audience. He's a star, a celebrity, a performer, strong image, has a vast audience. He's creative. He likes to be seen and in a certain way, too. And he's an Aquarius moon. So this is different. This is kind of middle child energy. It's also friendly, clever. It's in his fifth house. So he likes like his romantic experiences like really affect his emotions. He also was born on a lunar eclipse, so this is just having intense experiences in life in general. Celebrities often can be born around eclipses. Jean Benet Ramsey comes to mind. Different story though. And he has a Libra rising, so he's socially aware. He wants to be liked. His rising is ruled by Venus in fall in Virgo in his twelfth house. So there's like a little bit of an underlying shame with any sort of planet in fall. There's like either underlying shame, some sense of desperation. Also, just like you have to like work twice as hard to get. Like, like people don't want to like give do favors for you and stuff. So people also like feel free to comment on his appearance, which, you know, can get to him, especially as a Leo son. And so he's also always aware of appearances, whereas like a Libra rising is always socially aware. Like he's also aware of like the aesthetics maybe and and then wants to control them, which is the Virgo sensibility. 
And he has Venus conjunct Virgo or he has Venus conjunct Juno and Virgo, which is very much like wife guy energy and his natal aspects that are similar. So he also has Mars trying Saturn exact, which means like it doesn't strain. He doesn't feel like strained to be productive. He could also be a hard ass and he like might want to solve everything instead of like, you know, letting things sit. Some things that are interesting is that Mar Mercury stationed retrograde 27 days after he was born. So October 14, 2016 was a you know a really important time for him which i think is also you know significant for their relationship saturn station direct 26 days after he was born so march 18 2016 so 2016 was going to be a big year for him either way i think it's interesting he has all that 12th house he has a 12th house stellium in virgo which i think could be interesting like there's like a lot of stuff you know in your subconscious which like again that guy we were talking about i know venus is in fall But I did read once that like when you have Venus in the 12th house, one of the results is like people are kind of unconsciously attracted to you. But I mean, Joe obviously is like good looking. He's a Libra rising, which makes sense. But also it is kind of funny because I feel like he is like very well manicured, which is Venus in Virgo. Yeah. Which I mean, I have been face to face with him (laughs) at a top shop before. So. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You know, I have a personal relationship with him. (laughs) as we were the only people on the same floor i also think it's kind of interesting too that aquarius moon no offense to aquarius moons but i don't know what sophie's moon is but i feel like depending on what your moon is it could be a little hard because they're aloof they're aloof little babies yeah they're like friendly they're hard to know sometimes um saturn also in the 12th house of his moon like he can really maybe keep those emotions locked up and in his natal fourth house it could be something that like when he's at home alone with himself, like his, you know, it just like sits with him. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Also, just being born on a, on a lunar eclipse in Aquarius in general is interesting for a celebrity, just because a collective. Yeah, yeah. So he's the middle child. So Aquarius is always sort of fighting for that, you know, the rightful attention. Which is interesting though, because I feel like he's kind of the most popular one. Like Nick also is popular, but it's like. I feel like Joe was kind of the lead, felt more like the lead. Yeah, and our he for sure was. And then yeah. Nick came out with, like, Jealous. Jealous, and yeah, it all banger. changed. Such a banger. All right, let's move on to Sophie. Sophie Turner is an English actress best known for playing the role of Sansa Stark on HBO's Game of Thrones, which earned her a Primetime Emmy Award nomination. She was great in that. She's also been in movies such as the X-Men franchise. So what is her big three? Sophie was born on February 21st, 1996 at 8.10 a.m. in Northampton, England. And she's a Pisces sun, an Aries moon, and an Aries rising, which is the same big three as Rihanna. And I was at odds with anyone who has this big three. Rihanna energy. Just interesting because I've always felt an intense, like, goodwill towards Sophie. And I've (laughs) never really been familiar with her acting. Or, like, I mean, I don't even, like, seek her out. But I just, like, that girl is cool. Like, she's just (laughs) cool. I've seen pictures of her and I've been like, she's got it. She also has Mercury in Aquarius and Venus in Detriment in Aries, both like Rihanna. And she has Mars in Pisces, Jupiter in Fall in Capricorn, and Saturn in Pisces. So her Pisces sun makes her like keyed in. She's powerful, influential, sweet, and also prone to self-sacrifice, especially because it's in her natal 12th house. And and it's ruled by Jupiter in Fall in Capricorn. So there's maybe a sense of insecurity here. Like she's had to work for everything she has, which is sort of along the lines of planets in Fall. They both then are ruled by or they both have like rulership of a planet in fall and they both have planets or both of their risings are ruled by a planet in their 12th house so they definitely have a familiarity in these sort of similar ways you know she, she hasn't had anything maybe handed to her even though it might seem like she has 
but she could also be the silent winner because Jupiter in the 10th commands reverence. And also working could be an antidote to depression for her. And she has an Aries moon, so she's emotional, passionate, self-validating, and can be quick and cutting. But like the emotions are here and then they're gone. And it's in her first house, so emotions are clear, visible. She's not like, you know, it's like she's letting it all out. And her moon is ruled by Mars and Pisces in her 12th house, which is going to like make those emotions like they, they can get let out, but they can also get trapped in if they don't get let out. And she's an Aries rising, so she's fun, confident, willing to try new things, active. And I think there's always a sense of innocence with Aries. And then also when we bring Pisces into it, like the last sign and the first sign, there's sort of this, I don't know, just like innocence in a way. I, I can't explain it. You know, like they, they've seen everything and are also here for the first time. And her rising is ruled by Mars and Pisces in the 12th house. So there's some degree of suffering and isolation whenever your ruler is in the 12th house. So that's what they both have. She also has Venus opposite Chiron, so Chiron's the wounded healer. Venus is love, so some something love in her life was going to hurt her. It's very interesting that she has Moon in her first house, because yeah, I feel like normally when your Moon is in your first house, like everybody knows, like the moment you're mad or upset or something, it's very obvious. But I wonder if it's just because she's English that she knows how to like, like <laughs> kind of Maybe temper cult- that. Yeah, the cultural area. Yeah, take that into account. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Venus but I guess- to South Node in her, or the, yeah, in her first house, which I think maybe could really sort of increase that, like, I mean, I, I assume other people feel it, but I'm not sure, like, just sort of like the feeling of goodwill towards her, even if you don't really know her. Yeah. Well, she's definitely cool. I'm yeah. into her. I'm into her. Team Sansa. Sansa. Oh. <laughs> so how did these two meet? Sophie said her and Joe had a bunch of friends in common and they kind of always tried to set them up, but it didn't really work. But uh, that all changed when one day Joe did what many of us do and that's slide into someone's DMs. So he slid into her DMs and asked her out and they decided to meet up. Oh, yeah. And her expectations for the date were pretty low. She said her and her friends hated the Jonas Brothers (laughs) and she thought he was going to be a dick. But when Joe showed up to their date, he showed up alone without security. And she was like, oh, that's like interesting. And they immediately hit it off, which just looking at their charts separately, I feel like I kind of could guess why. And they talked for hours and hours. Yes. And after that first night, Sophie told her brother that despite their seven year age difference, she knew he was the one. So what's their synastry like? Okay, so they have opposite angles, which means she's an Aries rising and his rising is Libra opposite. And their midheavens and ICs are in Cancer and Capricorn opposite. So this is just like opposites are the sign of partners. Like your then her rising is his seventh house and vice versa. So this means like there's tension, workable challenge and growth. There's also you need to compromise. It's they have other oppositions too, which I'll get to that enhance that like need to compromise. His Uranus is conjunct her midheaven in Capricorn. So there's this like magnetic attraction and things just sort of happen quickly. And he like changes both her career and social standing, which is what the midheaven is. And his Saturn and Neptune are conjunct her Jupiter in Capricorn, which is also in her 10th house. And so he has an upper hand here because his Saturn is in domicile in Capricorn and her Jupiter is in its fall in Capricorn. So if you're ever doing synastry and like someone has a planet in domicile and someone is, you know, conjunct another person's planet in you know, fall or detriment that the person with the more dignity in the planet can have like a, an upper hand. Um, I feel like I feel like I don't know that her like that he changed her career and social standing. I feel like she kind of had a good reputation on her own. I, she was more in the news. I mean, I, she I didn't really 
I don't know. I guess I didn't know who. Did I know who she is? I don't know. I think you did. I mean, everyone knows her from the Game of Thrones. She changed her career because she stopped working. Oh, yeah. That's true. Like, it's not necessarily about like getting her a job. It's right. Reputation. Just changing her career. Um, Interesting. Which is what I was sort of like, oh, that's interesting. Especially because he has Saturn and Neptune here, too. So. Yeah, like again, has that upper hand, like which can be grounding or like weirdly parental. Like he can maybe be a scold. Jupiter rules her son and Mars, which is like her goals and motivation, respectively. So his Saturn and Neptune here can influence these parts of herself, right? Once Saturn restricts, Neptune deceives, which doesn't mean that like it's like his, you know, conscious motivation to like stop her, but it could just be his natural tendency to sort of impose these sort of mm, restrictions or like things that confuse her. Her Mercury and Uranus are conjunct his moon and Aquarius. So there's double Uranus synastry, which is intense, intense, quick magnetism. That's like what Uranus synastry is. And she also definitely made him feel something. Her Mercury, I feel like especially with Mercury on his moon and Aquarius, like of all the planets, like Mercury, Aquarius loves to talk. And I feel like when they talk so much, like you can sometimes if if you're listening, like there's a, an Aquarius, a very Aquarius podcaster I like. And sometimes I understand his emotions. He'll never say him, but I'm like, oh, like that's what's going on with this person. I guess not everyone's always psychoanalyzing podcasters, but I just say like, because Mercury in Aquarius, Mercury does really well in Aquarius. It's like intelligent. So you can sort of, she can like open him up, make him feel something. That means that like he, they can talk about his feelings and he's open and she also might just know what he's feeling, which can be good for Aquarius if, you, if they don't want to say something. And it's in his fifth house, so this can make him feel like alive and romantic. This is definitely like talking, you know, for hours on the first date. But conversely, like his moon on her Mercury can make him read into everything she says. And Mercury conjunct Uranus and Aquarius in isolation. That's an aspect of genius in her chart. And his moon here can make her feel like a genius, which is great. But that, you know, can turn into her having to sort of think about everything she says around him, which is exhausting. Her Venus and South Node are conjunct his descendant. And like her Venus is by degree exactly conjunct his descendant. This is, you know, totally makes sense, like for love, marriage, and maybe even an amicable divorce. Seventh house has to do with marriage, divorce contracts. And the South Node brings comfort and gravity to the partnership. And so this combination in the seventh house is just ripe for marriage. The fifth house is like your first date and the seventh house is your commitment in your marriage. His Jupiter is conjunct her IC, so that in Cancer. And so her Jupiter is in fall, his is in exalted in Cancer. And so this brings like grace and softness. They also have their Jupiters are opposite and their Mars are opposite. And plus they have opposite angles. So there's just this like opposites attract, you know, concept here and growth through compromises and also like a need for balance. And her Saturn in Pisces is opposite his Venus and Juno and Virgo. So he might feel like she's punishing him and she might feel like he's asking him for too much. Um, And both can be true and also neither can be true. So Venus Saturn aspects are often found in long-term relationships, long-term commitments, because if you make it through tough times, uh, you're stronger for it. And so it's immense love. And that's kind of like a guarantee with this aspect. And her Chiron and North Node are conjunct his ascendant. So she heals him and wounds him and he can't stop thinking about her. There's They have nodal sinistry. They have Uranus. Nodal is gravity. It's definitely intense. Yeah, right? It's like not surprising. I let they, you know... Yeah, but they are they are very like opposites attract vibes to me. I was very surprised when they first started dating. Yeah. I mean, when I saw her Mercury was in Aquarius, that's when I was like, oh, no wonder why they could like talk for so long because, you know, it's like on his moon. And I really like that. They also have like each of them has planets in the other person's fifth house and 
the first and seventh house, which is cute. It is cute. So they make it official when Sophie posts an IG photo of Joe smoking a cigar on a boat in Miami. And I honestly didn't realize, like, I knew they lived in Miami. I've had people see them out. But I didn't realize, like, that he just, like, always lived here. Like, I knew they had a house, but I didn't realize, like, he was chilling in Miami since, like, 2016 or whatever. But anyway, they get a dog together and they get engaged after less than a year of dating. And because they're celebrities, they get matching tattoos. And these tattoos happen to be Toy Story inspired. And they get them on their arms. And one of them has to infinity and the other one has and beyond. So, yikes. That's Aquarius cringe. That's what Aquarius cringe is. Yeah. To infinity and beyond. Interesting. Interesting. I (laughs) hate it. But compared to what other people have gotten, I don't hate it as much. Yeah. We talked a lot of shit about Ariana Grande's tattoos. Unforgivable. Yeah. (laughs) Having an inside joke is also fun. Yeah. You know, it could be like much weirder than we can guess. That's true. <laughs> and then after that, Sophie starred in the Jonas Brothers video for Sucker. Not their best song, but it's fine. It's fine. The couple then got married in a surprise wedding in Vegas after three years of dating. It happened right after the 2019 Billboard Music Awards where the Jonas Brothers performed. And Diplo live streamed the ceremony. We love that tidbit. However, after the wedding, the couple went through a rough patch. Sophie was struggling with her mental health and She and Joe briefly decided to call it quits for like 24 hours. And then after that day, they were like, actually, let's not get divorced. And they got back together. And to honor this getting back together, they had a even more chic wedding in the south of France. The wedding was very secret, very glamorous. We only have a few shots of it from their social media accounts. But we're going to cover the charts of the surprise wedding and the French wedding on the Patreon. So go follow us and become a patron. Yeah, I'm actually very interested to know about each wedding because I'm forever confused because they did have a surprise wedding, but then their French wedding happened like a month after it. So it was like, was the French one always planned? Like that's like, I want to know. But for now, let's check out their Davison to see how the energy of the relationship itself plays out. So their Davison puts them at November 18th, 1992 at 12.34 a.m. at a midpoint in space, probably somewhere in the ocean. Um, (laughs) Or maybe Canada. I don't know. I don't really, I'm not good at geography. And this chart has a Pisces, uh, or sorry, a Scorpio sun, a Virgo moon, and a Cancer rising. And the Cancer rising is exactly conjunct Mars in fall in Cancer. So this is interesting because they both are familiar with planets in fall, but this one sort of brings it to the forefront of their relationship. And it's Mars, which means that they want to like tackle things together. My fave, Alice Sparkly Cat, is a really interesting and good article on their website about Mars and Cancer, which I had never pinned as someone who has Mars and Cancer myself, which is like Mars and Cancer just doesn't want to do stuff alone, but also feels like like people are like forcing them to do stuff alone. And so this is great for a relationship, right? Because then they can like spearhead things together, but it's also going to be sensitive and it can also include emotional manipulation especially since it's mars and cancer like exactly conjunct the ascendant trines the sun which is conjunct pluto in scorpio so these are signs known for emotional manipulation but also like emotional depth right you can't be good at manipulating if you don't understand the depth of the human conscious and you haven't been you know through hell and back and that type of stuff so it's also in the fifth house which is going to be like you know romance but also fun scorpio doesn't get all the credit for being as fun as it really is so they can also maybe like be like sort of like the experience of like having like a psychic understanding, which is cool and fun. 
And this chart has the Virgo moon in the third house, which I think can really sort of bring a sternness, but also sort of a practicality to the emotions of it all. And like, like division of assets or like just like, what do you, you know, like what needs to be done here? They can maybe break it down in a way. This can be a couple who does that thing that I see on social media sometimes where it's like, we have like a business meeting once a week. And it's like, (laughs) maybe that's not always romantic, but like maybe it like, you know, helps, you know, the household get run. Especially since the the Virgo moon trines the Venus in Capricorn, which is in the seventh house, which is also cool for a relationship that has both this intent, like emotional intensity, as well as like this aspect of practicality and sort of like accomplishing stuff together. And what I also kind of like is that they have, well, I love Jupiter in Libra. I've talked about it a lot in here, but they have Jupiter in Libra on the IC. So there's like a grace and a real desire to be like to, you know, sort of keep the partnership going you know for i guess as long as they did and jupiter trines saturn in aquarius which is in the eighth house which saturn in the eighth house it could i wouldn't say it guarantees divorce i guess it sort of foreshadows the divorce in a way because it also can be like a covenant forever right like a blood oath but with jupiter trining saturn that's nice because the greater benefic is jupiter the greater malefic is saturn and so it's sort of like this emotional just like a grace that you give each other but you know until the end and it ended so goodbye yeah it's interesting because i feel like you know the first house is how other people see you and i do think they like came off as like a very like cute like lovey-dovey couple which i like like, Um, one of my like the pictures that sticks in my memory of them is them in a pool so it's interesting that that's cancer is that right that's funny the one that that i think of is them at like uh I think it was like a Knicks game or a Rangers game or something where like she was on the kiss cam and instead of kissing, she just chugged like an entire glass of wine. I love her. And, and he, like, she dabbed. Oh, yeah. And then dabbed. And then he like looked like smirkingly. But I could tell he probably yelled at her for it later. This Their relationship kind of <laughs> gives me. Read. <laughs> their relationship actually is giving me like Liam and Miley vibes. Oh, like in terms of him, like scolding her for being who she is a little bit. Well, she's also, Jupiterian, just like Miley. Oh, he is seven years older than her. So, so you that's know, a there's like, which is interesting. Yeah, there's like quite an age difference. I also do think it's interesting, too, that they have, you know, their chart ruler is in the third house in Virgo because it is like it's in the house of like where you communicate. So it could be cool. But yeah, I feel like it's almost like you're very. It's also squared by Mercury in detriment and retrograde in Saturn in the six. So if things aren't going well every day, then it's going to be hell. Yeah, that does sound rough. So. Joe and Sophie then had two kids after they got married. Their first daughter, Willow, was born in 2020. And when Sophie got pregnant again, they kept it more low-key. They never even made a statement to confirm the pregnancy, even though, you know, she was like out and about in paparazzi pics looking pretty pregnant. And then they had their second baby girl in 2022 and never announced the name. It's actually interesting that all the Joe bros have only daughters. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's true. I forgot that Nick and his wife had We want no more Joe bros in the world is what this is telling me. <laughs> if any of the Jonas sisters now. The Jonas, Jonas sisters. The Jonas cousins. 
for some reason, the youngest Jonas brother, like the one that's not in the band, like oh, for some reason Frankie. Was I forgot about oh, yeah. Frankie. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and he got like really mad at him for starting to write, please. Like, that's a ridiculous question. Um, but I just thought of that because I was like, oh, maybe he could be the one to keep the name going. That would be hilarious. The silent brother. But the reason why they kept Joe and Sophie kept their second daughter, at least more low key was because they wanted to keep their children's lives private. Sophia at one point said that, you know, her children never asked to be in the spotlight, so they don't want to, like, go out of their way to, like, put them in the spotlight. However, she said, you know, if as they get older, maybe when they're 18, if they want to be in the spotlight, then it's up to them. But she doesn't want them to be, like, Nepo babies, which is why I think she's so cool. So she's, like... It's also very 12th house mother, like, knowing that... If you don't ask for certain things, like not to, you know, impose it on Um, your child. Yeah. Generally, everything seemed to be going well for the couple. So the news of their split came as a big surprise. Even Dumois said she never heard any rumors about them. And she always, they always have the tea. The pair also displayed no signs that their marriage was on the rocks. I mean, some, again, our TikTok sleuthers noticed some things when they looked back. But, you know, nothing was really seemingly going bad for them yeah so joe files for divorce and cited it was due to like different lifestyles people are saying she likes to party he likes to stay at home which is kind of like in question i feel like but what was going on when he filed in my fair city of miami okay so they got divorced or he filed for divorce on september 5th 2023 in dade county in miami and the sun was in virgo and the moon was in taurus very earth and also, like, let's get this done energy with the sun in Virgo is sort of definitely like filing something. And the moon in Taurus is like and like money's in question. We're thinking about how to do this in a clean manner. But this chart also is ripe with retrogrades. Mercury's retrograde in Virgo. So this is about revisions. And Virgo is such an important sign for him. He has his Mercury here. So Mercury's going to cross his natal Mercury three times. So he's really going back and he's really going through it, I'm sure, especially since Virgo's his 12th house. And he has that, you know, heavy... Virgo energy. And Venus is in Leo. It's two days after Venus station direct. So Venus is like basically still stationary. This, you know, really was the summer of celebrity breakups. Venus is love and romance and retrogrades can um, bring about sort of revisions about relationships, which cause breakups. It can also be, you know, unveiling infidelity is a common thing of Venus retrograde. And Leo is a sign of celebrities. So it was sort of like a lot of astrologers were like oh worried but then it kind of became more about celebrities i guess than you know a lot of uh us you know pedestrians he also of course is a leo and it's his 11th house so filing for venus retrograde or filing for divorce while venus is retrograde in your 11th house publicly over your son this could really change how people think about him and Mars was in detriment in Libra. Mars is the planet of severing and Libra is the planet of partnership or Libra is the sign of partnership. So divorce. There we go. But Jupiter and Taurus is also stationary. And so both of the benefics are stationary. So there's like a pause on favors. It's sort of like really thinking about what you want and like, you know, how gracious sort of to be could also be I feel like this could also be challenging another person to act or speak, which I don't think is conscious, but it, it's sort of. I don't know if I was inspired to think that because of how this divorce seems to be playing out or if it's because I it is sort of like so true, you know, like in like, I don't know, sales. They're like, if just don't talk, like if you make an offer, then don't talk. And then like you force the next person to talk. I feel like that's sort of the benefics stationary in the sky. 
especially in Taurus and Leo, which are like very much like come to me signs. And Saturn, of course, is in Pisces. So Saturn in Pisces is going to end things that can't be solved. And then the nodes on July 17th, the nodes entered their first and seventh houses. So this is when people get make significant strides in relationships and like, you know, really binding decisions for him. You know, the sign already said this is on and Mercury retrograder in his 12th house, which is the house of graveyards and history graveyards graveyards and history mm-hmm. jupiter is stationary in his eighth house the eighth house is the house of shared assets and like it's like you know, what supports the commitment in a relationship and so this is you know sort of like pausing favors and a division of assets also maybe getting back what you've put into something at least the material things because that's what taurus deals with and venus stationary in his 11th is public divorce and him you know sort of parading around and making a show of it Sophie is in her Saturn return and her nodal opposition. So God bless her. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. And so Saturn is on her, her Saturn return doesn't perfect until later, but Saturn is on her sun and Mars. And so she has to do what's right for her and go after the things that she wants to pursue because the cost is like her mental health. So Saturn on your sun can dim vitality, but it also clarifies goals. And Saturn on Mars can draw like up a plan for making things work. It can also put you to work like... You know, now you have to, you know, roll up your sleeves and get to work. And Mars is exactly conjunct or descendant on this day, five degrees Libra. So this is like, I already said, like, that's like the, you know, Mars and Libra is like divorce. So this just sort of makes a lot of sense. And Neptune is on her Saturn. So she might be very confused and sort of like going through something. Or she could, maybe that is like really softening it for her. That can maybe sort of bring the grace. The confusing part, and, and I don't know, this is obviously me project projecting, but... You know, Sophie doesn't really post that much on Instagram. She had said in the past that like social media kind of negatively affects her uh, mental health. But she did like recently post that she was at like the Jonas Brothers concert, like as like in the middle of August. I think they posted a birthday picture for him, too. And his birthday is, of course, August 15th. I feel like they like posted in a closet wearing pajamas or something. Yeah. So it is kind of bizarre. But also, too, I guess not really that surprising, like both of them. You know, she's an Aries rising. He's a Libra rising. Like this is going to be a with the eclipses and those signs. It's going to be a big year for like relationships and like about yourself. A hundipo. So after the filing, the couple released identical statements on Instagram saying after four wonderful years of marriage, we have mutually decided to amicably end our marriage. Their statement began. There are many speculative narratives as to why. But truly, this is a united decision. And we sincerely hope that everyone can respect our wishes for privacy for us and our children. We love a joint IG statement. Also, all the years can't be wonderful because you don't end something that consistently is wonderful. Just saying you're lying to us. (laughs) I know, (laughs) literally. But because the couple was so private and this divorce seemed to come out of the blue, there were a lot of rumors going around. TMZ and the Daily Mail have been pushing stories framing Sophie as like a party goer who felt trapped in her marriage, just like a bunch of sexist bullshit. Meanwhile, Joe was painted as a dutiful father, solely caring for their two young children, even as the Jonas Brothers were on tour. Yeah, but Sophie was filming a movie like in another country, in another country overseas. So they had said it had been decided that the kids would stay with Joe because he has his family with him on tour. So they're like people more of a support network to be with them. But anyway, there was also... also I didn't know rumor. they were on tour, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
So TMZ also wrote about a rumor that Joe had access to a ring camera that he said captured Sophie saying or doing something that made him realize the marriage was over. But that's like so vague for that, you know, the the clip of that or him realizing oh that. My God. I know. I wish we could know what day it was because I just want to know what it like. What or if it's party. even real at all. If it's yeah. even real. It's just it's but weird. It's a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing yeah. to say. Like, but the tabloids seem to be favoring Joe, but a lot of people are seeing through the bullshit and coming through coming to Sophie's defense. One person said, I think I'm supposed to gather from all the carefully placed headlines that Sophie's a partier and thus a bad mom, while he is the hero dad making sacrifices. You know, another person brought up the fact that, like, even if she does like to party, that has, like, nothing to do with, like, if she's a good mom or not. Literally. It's fair. Yes. And Sophie's supporters also found an interview that she gave during the pandemic where she said, I'm an introvert. I'm a homebody. If I could stay at home all day, I would. So this is great for me. <laughs> that is a real She probably she, she probably shouldn't uh, have said that this whole pandemic thing was great for her, but whatever. Well, I appreciate the honesty. She has so much 12 yeah. house placements. She probably needed to be, you know, it was good for her. Yeah. Meanwhile, there were also lines from NT Lawyer, which, if you don't know, is another like gossip podcast where the blinds were saying Joe was trying to get Sophie into threesomes all the time and their marriage fell apart because he was interested in a younger fan. But that is Leo interested in a fan. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. An 11th house. Mm -hmm. Leo. Yeah, there's definitely been rumors about him that he's like always been trying to date younger girls like. There was some, I've read in like the Daily Beast or something that he tried to ask out Gigi Hadid when she was 13 and he was 21. What? He was 19. Whatever. 19 <laughs> and 21 or 19 and 13, but that's still messed up. Anyway, and a PR professional named Molly McPherson, she socializes in crisis management. She evaluated the news headlines about the couple and had this to say. I suspect the person in that union who caused more of the problems will likely be the person who we will see pop up in the press in paparazzi photos and other sourced stories. So Joe. Yes. Sorry. And yeah, he's like, you know, having like dinner or lunch with his daughters on a patio where the paparazzi can see him. Never photographed. So Literally. Yeah. The kids were never well photographed. His children. I don't really care much about the age discourse because what's likely. Yeah, that's middle. true. But like, it's just sort like, there's just so much other. I think it just takes away from all the other weird shit he's doing. Right. It's definitely like <laughs> a very sexist discourse. He's just like a sexless person to me. You know, like I don't find him <laughs> to be like. I, I just so it's just interesting to me that people even find him attractive at all. But wait, didn't he, what's his big three, what, didn't he, he has a lot of significant Virgo placements, right? Yeah, and his Venus and Virgo. What we always talk about, like, Virgo being the virgin, those people are obsessed with, like, purity. And then, of course, like, the the narrative now that's coming out is, like, Sophie's, like, not a pure woman. She's not a good mother. Like, she's the opposite of pure. And that's this, like, story that they, the very seasoned PR people behind the Jonas Brothers are pushing. Yeah, they're clowns. Nothing is more pure than silence, you idiots. Ha ha. That's actually what the, I didn't include it, but what the PR person said was Sophie's silence is like truth. Like she doesn't even have to respond to what he's doing. So she's probably in the grand scheme of it going to win like in the court of public opinion. Public opinion. Plus, if you think about it too, the way they're talking about, because the Jonas Brothers grew up like evangelical. 
And that's why they were like purity rings, like Disney, all of that. So I think it's very interesting that they're like pushing this narrative that is very like traditional conservative values. Like, oh, look at this mom that's working that goes out. She's like not taking care of her kids. Like that is very to me like an old school way of trying to trash of course especially because i feel like now with i mean society of course is still like sexist but like there's just so much more like if i hear that story i'm like oh my god like what's that woman going through right because i just think that generally unless a mother is like really compromised or unable to take care of her children she wants to be there yeah so it's like okay is she okay i'm not like oh my god he's a saint i'm like oh is she okay well there's obviously gonna be a lot more to discuss i assume there will probably be more weird rumors coming out but dana do you have any predictions for joe and sophie here's what's going on for them so his progressed moon i looked at their progressed moon they both are pretty revealing so he had a progressed full moon on may 29th 2020 and so that was when the relationship was going good that's 22 pisces but then he had a disseminating progressed moon on august 10th 2023 literally right before he filed for divorce at 10 degrees taurus in his eighth house and so that is that wait can you can you like explain a little bit more about what a disseminating moon is Right. Yeah. So the disseminating. Okay. So the progress moon cycle shows like evolution in a lot of times in the internal, but also which manifests, you know, outwardly. So emotionally, the disseminating, the progress disseminating moon is like, okay, you have to make a decision. Like something has come to fruition. It's reached its peak. And now there's sort of like corn, like it's the, it's starting to lose light. So are you going to be able to, you know, go through it or are you changing your mind? And so in his eighth house, that's like, you know, deciding to get divorced. The seventh and eighth house, eighth house deal with like divorce. He's also in an 11th house Leo year. So that began in August, August 15th. And so this Venus retrograde is retrograde in his solar return chart conjunct his yeah. progressed midheaven, which is like the action and also the destiny of a chart. And it's conjunct the moon in his solar return chart. So he was, has a a new moon in Leo in a solar return chart conjunct Venus retrograde. So it's already like relationships going back on things is going to like relationships are up for review for sure. Especially since Venus rules his ascendant. So this is like it's him in his chart. He's, you know, really seeing himself in this relationship. This is affecting his identity. And just, you know, if you have a, a Venus retrograde in the sign of your perfection, your annual perfection, that's going to be magnified for you that that transit. Also, the eclipses are happening in his first and seventh house. So there we go. Like that. These are just things I look at when I'm, you know, assessing like when I do readings for people. It's like, OK, where are the eclipses? It's in these houses. Like relationships are going to be huge for you right now for January 2025. And the solar return midheaven is in Libra conjunct his progressed Mercury, which is retrograde. So this is, again, rethinking like what you've committed to and rethinking partnerships in Libra. Plus, his solar return ascendant is in Sagittarius, which is his natal third house. So he's thinking about his every day and like his immediate environment, which is changing. I also find sometimes with Sagittarius risings, maybe Sagittarius placements, but mostly Sagittarius risings, I guess, just anecdotally, they can sort of abandon their old selves in a way, if that makes sense. So maybe he he saw himself as a wife guy. So now he doesn't want to be a wife guy anymore. You know that I'm not saying Mm -hmm. prescribing that exactly, but that's type of thing. So, you know, you're one way and then you leave that and you also like sometimes leave those people behind. And that's sort of how I think they get the a like the noncommittal like bad reputation. It's also like changing the story you tell yourself with which is what Sagittarius does. Right. So it's all about the story you tell yourself. And so these are things also that are, you know, not always bad. And for Sophie, so her progress lunar phases. So 
She had a last quarter moon on July 8th, 2016. That was at 22 degrees Sagittarius in her ninth house. So that's also about sort of like, you know, major beliefs. And then she had a new moon March 31st, 2023 at 29 degrees Pisces, the last degree of the zodiac, which is like filled with pain, but also wisdom. It was conjunct her natal Saturn. So it's like it's like going to be about restriction. It's It's not easy. And it's just sort of like this like clarity and also release i feel like with a you know the last degree of the zodiac and it's a new moon so she's changing she's doing something new she's sort of like also conjunct her saturn right after her saturn return began in early march she's like you know in a new gear uh, and she's in a fourth house cancer moon year so interesting that she her motherhood is being called into question because cancer is a sign of the mother the moon is the mother and the matron the fourth house has to do with endings so that makes sense the eclipses are happening also in her first and seventh house. So once again, relationships are major. And her solar return ascendant is in Libra conjunct her natal north node. So it's in her natal seventh house. So this is a year, whatever house your solar return is in or whatever house your solar return ascendant is in shows you what part of your chart is going to be sort of like where you are this year. And then in Libra, it's about relationships and I mean, peace, harmony. And it's conjunct her natal north node, which means that it's like, it really also amplifies the nodes in her charts, but it's sort of like, okay, we're we're moving forward. We're thinking about how this is going. I also think that her progress new moon might have been a progress solar eclipse, actually. So yeah, she she's in her Saturn return and her nodal opposition. And for her, I think that 2025 will also be a big year, maybe the year that she really climbs to fame because the eclipses are going to be conjunct Saturn and it's going to be right by her natal Saturn. So I think that, and the North End will be in Pisces. So this can be like a lot of grace. And also this can maybe, maybe this will boost her to fame more than ever. Especially also the Jupiter opposition can sort of lend her maybe that grace that she doesn't always naturally get, which again, sort of how this narrative is being like spun really speaks to that Jupiter in Capricorn in fall on her natal midheaven. She's just trying to work and people are trying to say she's a bad mom. Yeah. Which is some bullshit. Yeah. I'm excited for 2025 for her. I hope she like wins an Oscar and he's still singing about cake by the ocean. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I love that. Anyway. Uh, also, Uranus is conjunct her progressed Venus. So that makes a lot of sense. It's like literally by degree in her solar return. Yeah, this is a real big change for love for her. We wish her the best. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, look, she's still super young. It's only 27. So she'll be, I think she'll be fine. They also both have More than new moons in their solar return charts. Which is? Just a new year. New, new year, new me. New year, new me. Okay, here we go. Well, speaking of a new year, this is our season six finale, but don't fret. We'll be back in early 2024 with season seven. And obviously we will have bonus episodes if anything big pops up in the news. But in the meantime, you can sign up for our Patreon for just $5 a month. You can get those extra charts about Joe and Sophie's weddings and all of our previous episodes. So you won't want to miss it. We have like 30 bonus apps to tide you over till 2024 we do have some really good stuff over there we have the gilgo beach killer if you've been hankering for some murders we have the lizzo scandal we also have the watergate scandal if you're into history yeah. range we've yeah, got a murder we've got celebrities we've got political and historical scandals so you won't you don't want to miss it where it goes down on the patreon so businesses <laughs> and with that i am elise i'm dana and i'm sarah and this is allegedly astrology 
Bye. See you season seven. Yes. I tried to say that, but I slurred all my... Ciao for now, <laughs> bitches. Bye. Ciao. Three years old now.